What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the 40-Yard Dad Podcast. I am your host, Cam Garrity. Uh, Cam S. Garrity on Twitter if you want to follow me and uh, check out some of my articles, some of the things that we're going to be talking about on the Patriots Wire for the USA Today Sports Media Group. Again, this podcast is not affiliated with them, but um, yeah, I like to write and I write for them and I uh, would really appreciate you guys going to check out some of those um, pieces that I've been putting together. So... There might be another name change to this podcast. I'm working on bringing on a guest, so this might uh, become the 40-yard dads, plural. Um, we'll get there eventually. We'll talk more about that on another day. But today, I really wanted to talk about kind of this next phase of the Patriots' free agency and what that means for Lamar Jackson. Um, we've had some news break over you know, today and over yesterday. Just really... What do these things mean for the Patriots and what is going on in New England? There's a lot that I kind of want to talk to and talk about. And one of the biggest things is really just the lack of not contingency. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess like the lack of synergy um, in the building right now between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And like, look, that's not to say that it was like a perfect relationship. And, you know, we all knew that. When you talk to or when you talk to people and you just hear things is that reading all of what's been said even just today is kind of the epitome of how their relationship is right now. Um, You have Bill Belichick saying things such as I'm not going to talk about anybody else on the team. Mac Jones can play quarterback. In the NFL, Mac Jones, as much as any other position, essentially are going to be in a position battle. Um, And then Belichick saying he's not talking about anybody not on the roster and everything like that. So not giving any bones there. And then you have Robert Kraft saying he's a huge fan of Mac and thinks that he's taken strides forward and... You know, really thinks that the ceiling's the limit for him and they, they didn't set him up correctly to succeed and yada yada, all of that. But then you look at it and he goes in the same breath. I mean, this is, you know, kind of not necessarily off the record, but kind of in passing, telling, I believe it was Karen Garigian and Albert Breer, that Meek Mill texted him saying that Lamar Jackson told Meek Mill that he wants to be a Patriot. And first and foremost, like if that's, if that has any amount of truth, I'm not saying any amount of truth in terms of Meek Mill saying that, like, I believe if Meek Mill were to say that, then I honestly probably would believe it. But if that's true, that is Lamar Jackson's way. In my opinion, there's two things that I thought about. The first one is he simply wants to be a Patriot, and the second one is he wants to apply pressure to other teams because he knows the Patriots, they're not, I mean, they'll dabble in looking for a new quarterback right now, but they're, in, in a sense, happy with Mac Jones. And I think that that was out there, that could have been, you know, Lamar doesn't have an agent, right? So if Meek Mill is his kind of like, hey, put the word out there, tell, you know, tell Robert Kraft I want to play there. Even if the Patriots haven't even contacted Lamar Lamar Jackson or anything of that nature, 
that could be a way for him to kind of set his market a little bit to kind of turn the flame up on any of the teams because at the end of the day, he wants to know where he's going to play. He wants to know the money he's going to have. He wants to start working with these guys. Like, There's a lot that goes into it, and frankly, he deserves it. Like, He's an MVP caliber player, and he is 26 years old, and the fact that he hasn't signed a deal like you know typically those are the players that you quote unquote overpay for like teams are willing to say screw it we're gonna lock him up long term he's not going anywhere because my philosophy with the NFL in general with quarterbacks in general is you draft them you give them three seasons then you determine if you're gonna pick up the fourth year op- the uh, fifth year option so you know you got them for one more season. You say, we're going to pick up the option because this is how you look at it. You say, are they good enough to warrant the price of the fifth-year option? Good enough. Are they good enough? Like Tua Tungavailoa, is he good enough? Yes. They're not going to overextend him just yet. They picked up his fifth-year option. The, the Dolphins did because he's good enough. But when you get to the point of saying, is it time for the option? Player's not good enough. We're not declining it. They're going to hit the open market after this season. Then you're probably have drafted or will draft the next guy early the next chance that you get. Because in the NFL, it's getting to the point now where you draft these quarterbacks in the first two rounds, you take a shot on them, and that's it. Because they don't really, if they hit the open market, right? Lamar Jackson is a unique circumstance. Hitting the open market for any of these quarterbacks in their prime, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, like guys like that that are at the tail end of their careers that are in win-now mode, like they're the last piece for a team, like that's different, right? Because that's typically means they've been with a bad team or a bad situation and they're trying to go find a new team to hopefully win a Super Bowl and, and retire, right? And those teams are in win-now mode and say, we have everything but the quarterback, so let's go and add somebody. Other than that, like, if a player's on the open market in their prime, it means that they're probably not good and the rest of the league already knows that. Like, you know, like, Daniel Jones had an extension and had his fifth-year option picked up. Like, all, all of that stuff. Like, had an extension, franchise tag, whatever you want to call it. Like, all, they go through that whole process and they look at it and say, okay, Daniel Jones, good enough, right? That, that That's what the Giants said. Good enough, but we're also going to extend him and give him $40 million a year because they think with Brian Dable, that not only is he good enough, he's capable of winning them games with that coach, with that team around them. So they extended him. When teams look at it and they say, oh, this is a young player. Like, if they're on the open market, like a Baker Mayfield or guys like that or Jameis Winston or whoever, like, the the rest of the league looks at him and is like, yeah, good player, but, like, not franchise quarterback, not long-term, like... That's a guy that you sign for a one- or two-year deal as a bridge guy. That's a Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, like, trying to turn them in. Kirk Cousins, like, I should probably put it this way. That's like a Tannehill-Kirk Cousins, you know, Jimmy G level of where it's like, okay, like, maybe we can get this quarterback. He's above average, but he's still a bridge guy. That's kind of how it goes, right? Like, people, like, Lamar Jackson is a unique Example because he wants a big contract and he is representing himself and he is taking a bet on himself and this he's hitting essentially the open market because the Ravens put the non-exclusive tag on him and that to me 
signals like this is a unique opportunity and the Patriots need to jump on it. I really think Mac Jones is a capable and very good quarterback. Like if you give him the talent, which they have been doing, but I think right now, I honestly think like just my, my gut feeling, this is not like any intuition from any other source or anything like that, but looking at the situation and looking at where Lamar Jackson is, Patriots are rumored to be in it now, according to Meek Mill, according to Robert Kraft, who told Karen Garigian and Albert Breer. Like, okay, so if you want to go through that intermediary, that's fine. If that's the case, like, that is why the Patriots, in my opinion, have not swung a deal for a Jerry Judy, a DeAndre Hopkins, a signing of an Odell Beckham Jr., right? There's a reason they haven't gone after those guys. And I think it's partially because, or even like a Brandon Cooks, I think that was partially because there might be some truth to them being in on Lamar Jackson. Because if they're working behind the scenes to figure out the best way possible to, you know, get Lamar Jackson for, you know, a reasonable price, but not pay, you know, because they're going to have to pay 35 to $50 million, like $35 million a year minimum to $50 million a year. Like they're paying that no matter what. And Robert Kraft sounds like he signed off on it. And to do that, like you're going to have to give up two first round picks. So I have an article coming out pretty soon just talking about like what are the options to get Lamar Jackson and one of them you know a lot of people don't realize that this is as much as Lamar Jackson is a good talent like and it's a unique situation that there's like a young talented quarterback that is worth it on the open market because like I was saying they don't hit the open market and if they do it means they're not good teams either extend them or they trade him and another team extends him or whatever it might be. Like there's never a situation where a really good franchise altering quarterback is just out there on the open market. Like teams, teams are not going to let that happen. They're going to franchise tag the player. They're going to do everything in their power to keep that player. And that's why a lot of those quarterbacks get overpaid. Right. Um, so what this kind of, leverage situation that Lamar Jackson is in is Lamar Jackson is on a non-exclusive tag, meaning if, say, the Patriots were to clear enough cap space to sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet and Lamar Jackson were to accept that offer sheet, the Ravens, if they felt like it, could fit him in that offer sheet and that offer sheet if they can fit him, right? So, like, the Patriots basically are going to make an offer that they know that the Ravens can't match. If the Ravens, if they make it that the Ravens can match, like, the Ravens can match it, and Lamar Jackson's got to play for the Ravens. And at the end of the day, like, he he cares about that contract, right? Like, he'll love to stay in, in Baltimore. It's a business. So if they... It's not like he's like I it's not like he's disgruntled and it's like I want out of Baltimore. I want he want you know, yes, he did request a trade, so maybe there is a little bit of truth to that of him not wanting to be there, but when you look at it he, like if Patriots make an offer that is, you know, not team friendly, but is is not, you know, Deshaun Watson type money, fully guaranteed, and the Ravens can match it, like they're gonna match it, and Lamar Jackson has to sign with that, right? That is what the non-exclusive um, tag is. That That's what it's for. If 
they decide, like, because they'll basically look at it this. Uh, let's say it's, you know, a five-year, let's, let's say it's the exact Deshaun Watson contract, you know, five years, $230 million, fully guaranteed, just to be crazy. The Ravens could say, do we value having Lamar Jackson at that price tag, right? Because this is another thing. Teams, if they can afford it, they could play spoiler. They could throw dummy offer sheets that maybe Baltimore doesn't want to pay and try to manipulate it, right? Try to make it so that Baltimore is locked in, right? I wouldn't recommend doing that, but whatever. If, let's say, they throw out a contract, you know, and and the Ravens say, you know, are we going to pay Lamar Jackson this or do we want the 14th overall selection from the Patriots this year and a first-round pick next year, which will probably be in the 20s because they'll be a better team with Lamar Jackson. That's without a doubt. Right now, at least, because we don't know what Mac Jones' ceiling is after last year. The Ravens might look and say, you know what? Like, let's let's take 14. We have our own pick this year. Maybe they look at it and say, we think Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, or specifically Anthony Richardson, fits our offense just like Lamar Jackson. So let's take 14, let's take our draft pick, and let's add in the pick that we just got for Lamar Jackson and trade up to number four. Trade up to, you know... Basically trading four first-round picks, and now you're taking those draft picks that you just got for Lamar Jackson that you didn't have to pay that contract in, and you can get Anthony Richardson. Like That's a move that they could take. So they could look at it and say, is that valuable to them, those picks? Do they think that they can get a better player, a whatever? To me, the Patriots need to tread carefully, and I think that that's what I mentioned in my post is like they, they can't go – too aggressive because that's going to rub Mac Jones the wrong way if a deal falls through. Now you have a disgruntled player who ultimately, as of right now, is the best quarterback on the roster. You're not in a position to get any other quarterbacks through the draft, through free agency, like I talked about, or through the trade. So now you're stuck with a quarterback who doesn't want to be there. He's the best guy you got. Like, you're not going to draft a quarterback early. Like, you're going to force yourself to draft a quarterback early when you have, you know, in the second round, let's say like Hendon Hooker or Tanner McKee, or whoever, you're going to force yourself to overdraft a quarterback and try to develop them, try to use Bailey Zappi, whatever, while you have holes on the roster because you made a situation that you didn't really have to make just yet. Now, if the Patriots tread lightly, and if Lamar Jackson ends up saying, yeah, I I do, that's true. I told Meek Mill I want to be a Patriot. That's my preferred destination. I like playing, you know, I like Bill Belichick, whatever it might be. There's options for him to go to Baltimore and say, look, trade me. I will sign the the franchise tag. Trade me to the Patriots. And and there's a chance that that happens and the Patriots, you know, work out a deal. It's not two first round picks. Maybe it's, you know, I said it was a future first rounder next year and Mac Jones, maybe a couple of second rounders, you throw in a third, like you do something like that, right? Like where they're not really breaking the bank. And then he goes and signs that franchise tag. He's there for a year, 32 million. But there is the wink, wink, nod, nod that Lamar Jackson is going to sign a long-term deal with the New England Patriots. So you kind of circumvent the offer sheet 
situation, right? So you get them for less. It's not two firsts. Maybe it's a first and two seconds plus, you know, Mac Jones. And you get Lamar Jackson. You sign him to a five or six year contract extension. You tack on some void years. And you basically lower his year one cap hit. And it fits within the cap. And the Patriots can do that because in 2024, 25, 26, they don't have a lot of players long term. A lot of these, they haven't really been extending players past, you know, two seasons. Like Juju Smith-Schuster was three years. Like that was a pretty big deal. Like Joe Cardona signed the longest term of the of the the offseason so far. And I mean, I know the the rookies will will be on the books and everything like that this year. And but you know, they could do that. They could certainly move they can certainly move the whole schedule um of like how they want to move their cap, how they want to move their picks, like their draft picks, right? Because they understand like those guys gotta get paid. I mean it's not a lot, but you know, you need guys on the roster. And they could say, like, you know what? Like, let's just start drafting better. Let's start trading some of these veterans now, like that are you know, that we can find value elsewhere. Like, for example, like if there's a Lawrence guy, it's like, okay, like, can we get the same production out of him as we can a cheaper, you know, option in free agency on a one-year deal? Sure. Trade a player like that for a seventh-round pick. Like, things like that to just get draft capital so that you can manipulate the cap down the road, draft better, scout better, whatever it might be. They've had some great drafts recently, so I, I, I have faith that that can happen. So... That's an option for the Patriots is to essentially circumvent it and, and you know, move Mac Jones and everything like that. Another thing that people are really forgetting is that Lamar Jackson has until July 17th to sign an offer sheet with, sorry, he has a, till July 17th to sign his franchise tag with the Ravens, meaning he doesn't need, he can hold out all the way until July 17th to sign that fully guaranteed contract. So technically he hasn't signed that yet, which typically players always sign that, you know, well before, because it's just, there's no issues. There's no guarantee. And they're working on a way to extend right with that said team. Lamar Jackson is on the non-exclusive tag, meaning he can go and talk to other teams and since he can do that and get offer sheets, he can take it as long as want as he wants because he is essentially an unrestricted he's a restricted free agent essentially because of that tag so what teams can do is they can ultimately wait until a week after the nfl draft and they can say okay we used our first round pick now we're going to go sign lamar jackson you know we've we've cleared cap over these last couple of weeks right there's still four weeks of the draft we cleared enough cap to absorb Lamar Jackson, enough cap to um, to absorb you know, our draft class and everything like that. And then they could say, okay, we're going to sign an offer sheet with Lamar Jackson. And we're going to make it so that it fits within our cap, but the Ravens can't match it. And yeah, essentially, you're talking about a signing with you know, next year's pick and not this year's, right? So now they say, okay, let's say 14. Let's say they look at it this way, where if you have Lamar Jackson, they look at the kind of receivers that you have on this team and Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, right? You look at those guys and you say, okay, like 
and Mike Kosecki and Hunter Henry, you look at it and say, okay, like what what do we need the most on this team? Okay, maybe now at 14 we go corner. Maybe now at 14 we just go best player available just to make sure that you have really good players on your roster. Instead of saying, oh, we need a wideout, we need this, we need that based on the quarterback, you can look and say, we're going to use 14, and maybe it's a situation where they trade back out of 14. So they have a less valuable pick, and they get more value next year. Maybe they trade completely out of the first round to pick up a second rounder next year, and that way they can, you know, still, I mean, you know, maybe they trade out of the first, right? Like they trade from 14 completely out. Somebody trades, you know, trades in that doesn't have it. Maybe like a Denver or whatever it might be like something. They work on a deal like that with some team, get a future first round pick. And now you're talking 2024, you've got two first round picks, right? You've got a couple of second rounders this year. You just take best player available. You go into 2024 and now you've got two first round picks so now you can say we're going to give you the worst of the 2024 pick and the 2025 pick because uh, I believe they have the right to choose they have to be actually I might be misspeaking on this I believe that if they were to have that so you know what never mind scratch that because then they would have no first round picks for the next two years regardless However, the Patriots could tra- still trade back, get some value, and draft a player that they think is just an overall good fit regardless of need because they know that Lamar Jackson's going to elevate their team. They know that maybe they don't necessarily need to get a specific wide receiver because Lamar Jackson is just a better quarterback at this point and they don't think they need that much better of receivers right away. Or they could look at it and say at 14, we really need this specific tackle. They, they could say we specifically need Dewan Jones on this team because of Lamar Jackson in that football, you know, power football like scheme. Or they could look at it in a completely different sense and, you know, just try to get the best player available, like I'm saying. Once the draft's over, now you have that selection. Now the Patriots have that selection that they just took. Instead of giving that up this year after doing all that draft preparation and filling the holes you did in free agency, you kind of delay that a little bit, right? And now that draft pick that let's say you traded back from 14 to 23, you got a second, a third, maybe a future something, you know, or a second or a third and a future pick or, you know, you get a couple of draft picks to move back because some team really wants, you know, JSN or Zay Flowers or whoever's there at that point. Next, you know, you make those picks, you still get good players in this year's draft. And now it comes to the point of like, okay, now we can trade for Lamar. Because, and first moving back also saves you a little bit of money on the cap because that player is not as expensive. But then you say, okay, now we can trade for Lamar because we're giving a 2024 to 2025 first round pick, which are probably going to be, you know, ideally at the back end of the first round. So now you're essentially giving up two second round picks rather than the 14th overall selection and a mid first round pick like 24, 25, you're now saying we're giving up a 2024 pick and a 2025 pick. that are likely going to be at the back end of the NFL draft because we believe Lamar Jackson, we're going to be a a contender. So I think a lot of teams have that same mindset that are in on Lamar Jackson, right? I think the Washington commanders, I think the Falcons, I think, the Saints could have been in before Derek Carr. 
I think the Seahawks could be in even with Geno Smith's contract because they have ways to get out of it next year. I don't know if that's necessarily like the Jets. That's another one there that could go there. The Steelers, like they have Kenny Pickett, but they also have no reason to be holding on to him if Lamar Jackson's free out there. The Texans, the Colts, right? A lot of these quarterback need the Panthers. A lot of these quarterback needy teams could have went with Lamar Jackson, and I think a lot of these teams are the ones like I'm saying, like the Panthers and teams like that that have kind of moved to the draft have said, screw it, we're going to go the cheaper option. We're going to try to develop our own guy. I think a lot of those teams, like the Jets, like the Patriots, like, say, the Falcons, the Colts, I think they're waiting. And I think, and including the Ravens, I think they're waiting till after the draft because if any of those teams want to sign Lamar Jackson, they don't want to give up this year's first-round pick. The Jets don't want to give up 13th overall to get Lamar Jackson and have to give up a future first-round pick when they can most likely give up uh, that same pick alone and get Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're not going to... You kind of get in my drift of where I'm going is that the Patriots, as much as other teams, are waiting until the draft. Once the draft happens, you're now talking about different draft picks. So, Patriots fans with Lamar Jackson, like, you got to hang in there. I think it, it really depends on how much they want Lamar Jackson. Do they really, really want Lamar Jackson? Or is it a nice to have? Like, do they view the gap of wins from, let's say, Mac Jones is what, 10 wins? As in their mind, they look at him as a 10-win or an 8-win quarterback, 9 wins, right? Or do they look at Lamar and say, with this defense and these weapons and this coaching, can we get, let's say, I'm trying to think of like, the let's say 11 or 12 wins. Is that possible? So, Patriots fans need to be patient. They need to understand that there there's a reason things aren't happening when they're happening. I think Lamar Jackson could be great news if they figure out a way to fit him into the cap, if they fit, figure out a way to get him in New England. Because I think there's a possibility that guys like OBJ um, could follow. Like I, I think there's a real possibility that... Things like that make it a lot easier, right? OBJ says, I don't want $20 million, but you know I'm not getting $4 million. So now the Patriots go and say, hey, what about ten? Because now we have Lamar Jackson. That's something that might be intriguing. So to me, I think the New England Patriots are playing it safe. To me personally, I think Mac Jones is the way to go. He's on a rookie contract. But I think that's the reason why the Patriots haven't been super aggressive and trying to fill that wide receiver position and just say, you know what? Screw it. Because at the end of the day, if the Patriots are like, you know what? The Broncos, they want a first, like we'll give them next year's first for Jerry Judy. Like at the end of the day, like if they believe in Mac Jones or, and if they want to do like, I think that's why I think they're in on Lamar Jackson, because if they weren't, they could look and say, yeah, let's do a 2024 first for Jerry Judy. We'll give them this year's third, and we'll go get Mac a number one receiver, right? We'll get him a young number one receiver that's on the market in Judy, who I think is. If you watch him, he is. He has that. 
statistics aside, like that is a lot of different factors that go into it, such as injuries, scheme, quarterback production, all kinds of things like that. So I think there's a reason the Patriots haven't made those deals and haven't been aggressive outside of people thinking, oh, they're just looking for the best deal and, and you know, they're going to lose out on these players. It's like, I think the amount of aggression they've shown with like the Bill O'Brien and keeping Gerard Mayo and keeping everybody on the defense and, you know, adding Juju Smith-Schuster and adding to the tackle position, like they, and, and, and even special teams, when they say we have an issue and we need to fix it, they fix it. I think they understand that they need a true number one receiver for Mac Jones entering year three. And I think they would have made that move already if they didn't have eggs in other baskets. And I think that that's what's going on right now is there is potentially eggs in other baskets and, and specifically it's Lamar Jackson's. And I think that the Patriots have considered it. I think there is even a possibility that they have considered bringing DeAndre Hopkins in after getting somebody like a Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And I think, you know, it's a pipe dream. We can wish and wish and wish and wish and say, oh, like imagine an offense with Lamar Jackson and DeAndre Hopkins and Juju Smith-Schuster and, you know, Kendrick Bourne. And then we pick at 14 overall. It's like that could be a world that exists. That could be a world out there. But I think people, there's something to these reports with the Patriots and Lamar Jackson. I think it's been eerily quiet. I think they they there's like a couple of more dominoes to fall. It just feels that way. And I think Lamar Jackson to the Patriots is a real possibility. I think it's a real fit. And I think the Patriots need to tread lightly. But I think when you can add a former MVP, one that your own players are calling one of the hardest players in the league to guard, regardless of position, one of the hardest players in the league to stop, and is a former MVP, and has won games and gets you to the playoffs. Like, yeah, he's one and three, one and three in the playoffs, whatever. But the Patriots with Bill Belichick and that defense, they're going to win some games with Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. They will. They will. And I think the Patriots should be aggressive. As much as I like Mac Jones, like I think right now you go with the, what you know, the clear upgrade. It's to make an analogy cross sport. I know we don't like to do this, but it's as similar to when Al Jefferson was thrown in that trade for Kevin Garnett, it's like you knew Al Jefferson was a good player, but it's Kevin Garnett. You know, like that's a Hall of Fame talent. Like Al Jefferson's still a really good player, had a good career, but you went and you gave up, you know, a good, young, promising player to get better. And I think that the Patriots need to look at it that way is like we have a good, young, promising, cheap player in Mac Jones who loves it here. The fans love him. You know, he stole everybody's hearts his rookie year. But Lamar Jackson's a Hall of Fame type talent if he can stay on this trajectory. Like he is, when he is on, he is a top five, top seven quarterback in the league. He's an MVP and he's 26 years old and he is dynamic and one of the hardest people to cover in the entire NFL. So, Regardless of if people are saying the Patriots aren't in, the Patriots aren't in, like you got to make that upgrade. You, you got to make that upgrade. And I think there's a possibility to do it. Now, it, it gets tricky, like I said. I, I mean, they got to clear cap space as an option. They've got to kind of circumvent slash tamper with the whole, you know, offer sheet system, 
which I'm not too sure that Baltimore would be pleased with. And I think that it's very hard to do that. I just don't envision them outright clearing cap space and signing Lamar for what he wants and giving up the two picks. I think they can get it done. They've got to get creative, but I think they need to sell themselves on it. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think it, it, Lamar is the next big domino to fall across the NFL. Um, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to really just kind of kickstart the rest of the moves, like with Aaron Rodgers, with Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Um, it, it's going to, you know, even Austin Eckler, maybe like there's a lot of players that have been rumored to be on the block and I think it would, it will jumpstart a lot. So that's going to do it for this episode. I know it was a little quick, but I just wanted to hop on, talk a little bit about the Lamar Jackson situation again, to wrap up, you know, I have some articles coming out, um, this week. So stay tuned on my Twitter at Cam S. Garrity. Um, Cam S. Garrity, G-A-R-R-I-T-Y. Um, and you can find me on Twitter where I'll post everything and just kind of have discussions on Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, honestly, to see where Lamar Jackson goes, but I, I think it's a possibility in New England. However, it's starting to get real and things are starting to heat up. And I think there is an opportunity for the Patriots to, improve their team in the now and the future to get a young quarterback injuries aside. Like I think the Patriots have a good medical staff that like Hunter Henry and Devonte Parker. And I want to say even Nelson Aguilar, like there were players that had injury is issues and couldn't stay on the field. And they came here and look at them now, like playing full seasons and you know, they're really good on load management. So like, I think like with Lamar Jackson, like, they have an opportunity to not overwork him and also take the pressure off of him with a good run game, a good defense. They have better receivers than the, than the Ravens. Like, you know, like they, they have opportunities. They have opportunities to make it easier for him and give him his money and let him play to his MVP level. You got to go for it. You got to go for it. And look, Two first round, like you're not selling the farm, right? You're not giving four first round picks and fifty million dollars. Like you're giving him what he wants, but you're not really breaking the bank at the end of the day. You're not really breaking the bank. So if it doesn't work out in four years, you can start over, and that's fine. But I think with a player of that caliber, I don't think there is a thing as like not working out. Outside of like winning a Super Bowl, like yeah, like you're you're gonna be a good team with him or without him, and if you don't win a Super Bowl, that's more on Bill Belichick working with a quarterback other than Tom Brady than that is on Lamar Jackson not being able to win because it is hard to win at the next level. But you have quote unquote the greatest coach of all time. He needs to prove that he can win without Tom Brady, and I think his best chance is to do that is with Lamar Jackson. I think.